Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom, where wisdom comes from everywhere. This is a podcast about generational wisdom shared to help build a bridge for future generations and to build stronger communities through education, technology, and health. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. Hola, hola, amigas. As we close out Financial Literacy Month, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have created this platform for the community and our champions. I would not have been able to do it without thinking about how I wanted to live my future life and my financial future. As I've stated in the last episode about breaking generational poverty with higher education, which gave me salary and saving options, in a career while also paying down my student debt. However, with no mentors or advisors that look like me, career planning and financial discussions were hard. I know I left money on the table at that time, but that's because of my lack of financial knowledge and confidence. I'm serious. The financial confidence and knowledge was key. I winged it most of the time, or I just mimicked what my coworkers did without understanding what that meant. Their risk is not what my risk should be. No one in my family talked about financial planning or retirement. You know, we struggled, as many of us do today. So how can we see the future when bills are on the table? However, it's so important to realize a little save today grows into financial accessibility later, especially building that financial future with that special someone. Seriously, having those big conversations with somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with will save you loads of heartache should something go sideways. What does that look like to you to have that financial future? It took me a long time, but it doesn't have to be that way for you. So my guest today is Olga Camarago. She is the CEO and founder of Sheenix App which is an innovative financial company built by Latinas for Latinas, providing cultural relevant financial services to the Latina community to help them accelerate their economic and social transformation while prioritizing their cultural mindset. Sheenix offers financial education, digital financial services, career planning, and salary negotiation resources something I didn't have. I'm telling you, that's where I left the money on the table and access to investment advisory services that support Latinas' life goals in English and in Spanish. So Olga holds an accredited investment fiduciary or AIF designation, an ethical certification issued by an FI360, formerly known as the Center for Fiduciary Studies, and the Uniform Investment Law Examination Series 65 license. That is no easy license to get, let me tell you. She has been named one of Chicago's most powerful Latinos and serves on the Illinois State Treasurer Hispanic Advisory Council and is the chair for the Northern Illinois University's Foundation Board, the Emeritus Board Chair for the Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement, and in 2020 to 2021, she served as the Forbes Business Council Financial Services Chair. Welcome, Olga, to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. 
Thank you for joining me through April here. Very nice spring day in Financial Literacy Month. A lot of us out there are, I guess, grappling with the tax season. I hope we're all done. I know I'm done. So I feel really relieved about that. (laughs) But taxes are really important. And uh, we'll have another podcast about that, actually. But today, I really am appreciative of you sharing a lot of your experience and background that we'll get into around financial planning and your platform, Sheenix. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Teresa, for for bringing me on and to be able to provide a little bit of my story and what we're doing alongside with other Latino leaders to help Latinas across our nation make better financial decisions. Absolutely. And I think when we start to get into post-college and we're looking for jobs, what is the big thing that happens for us when we get into a really good paying job or we're looking to elevate our salary status and we're looking at investments and how do we start saving money for our family? And I want to just ask, because of the platform of Sheenix, which helps a lot of Latinas, you're specifically focused on Latinas, what was it that really moved you into that arena of finances and financial planning growing up? So it goes back to, I think, the women in your life, right? As you're growing up, you're young. Certainly, I I was very young back then, uh-huh. not so much today. But <laughs> I think when you're going through these formative years, uh-huh. what you're picking up, right, when you're now being a little more critical about what's happening around you, you start to maybe not fully understand, but you do know something is wrong. Uh-huh. So the point that I guess got me to really think about what was wrong in our situation was I grew up in Little Village and in Little Village, there are many business owners on 26th Street, 31st Street, the works, and they have all kinds of business. My mom actually had a bridal shop. Uh-huh. And so I uh, here I am eighth grade Uh right so i'm in eighth grade and i start working with my mom of course i'm doing all the other tasks except selling because i still have to one day learn how to do that at that point and i really looked up to my mom was so excited because we had a family business Uh and believe it or not i think i always knew i was going to go into business at four or five years old i already had like a little cash register that's so (laughs) So cute I always loved it, right? It's like, and I always wanted to be the one charging <laughs> for the groceries <laughs> that I was pretend selling, right? Uh-huh. But anyway, here we were at this uh, shop, and my mom, like many other folks, maybe didn't get to that higher level education, uh-huh. but she still made what she did know work for her. And she was, she could just do math in her head and she could easily take a tape measurement and just be able to like draw uh-huh. on just fabric and cut out a dress uh-huh. without a pattern, without a pattern. Uh-huh. And that just, you know, says so much about who she was, what she could visualize. Right. Right. So a lot of that skill set that she used there, she also tried using to make some financial decisions. But the truth of the matter was she was good at obviously charging her prices and whatnot. But when it came down to actually investing or bringing in other financial services to protect the family okay. or to be able to be able to invest in into investments just to eventually, you know, obviously benefit the family. That's where I saw struggles, yeah. right? 
And one day, here I am working with her for a couple of years. Now I'm 14 at that point. Mm-hmm. And an individual comes in in a nice suit, in a tie. And um, he's monolingual. He only speaks English. And he starts talking to me to be able to translate on some financial product service that he was selling. And he was basically looking to me to help him close the sale with my mom. Wow. Right? Yeah. Because you can't be looking to a 14-year-old to really make that financial decision. But yet, that is the case right now. Right. Right? That's still the case, right? Families look to Latinas who have no financial background. 14 years is probably even like a later age and probably being asked to to do this at 10, even at 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I bet you, right, across the nation. And it's that same story that sort of like repeats itself, the one that I just described that happened to us. And also understanding that there's a, a lot of information that's missing and not enough resources are out there. And the resources that are out there, Teresa, are sort of like at a very superficial level. Like we, we see the, the headlines, we're like, yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And lack of financial education. Yeah, we know that. And I knew that at the end of the day, this problem has not gone away. Right. And it continues right now. So when I started going to college, right, when you're a little bit older and again, you're still going through formative years, right? right. Even at that age, yeah. right? You're, you're like trying to figure things out. I did not know at the time that I was going to go into finance, certainly not in my freshman or sophomore year, but I did know I was going to go into business. And so I will say this, that even if you go through college, and this is not to knock on anyone, college will teach you, and especially within the financial industry, like, oh, yes, yeah, you can go, go take your, your finance, your your management, your advertising, marketing, whatever it is you're going to be doing within the financial industry. But that only is going to prime you for what's to come. You're going to have to do a lot of that learning, especially on the investment side, on the job. Mm -hmm. Schools do not prepare you for that. Schools will not. They'll give you the concept. But just wait till you get to actually work within the industry and you get to learn a little bit more about what's going on there. And then as time progresses, because it's time. It's about you really working at this every single day, understanding investments. So that's what I do know about finance, that, you know, you can only get primed in college, but you will have to go into the industry to get the rest of that more solid training. And you'll have to do some continuing education, ongoing continuing education, get additional licenses. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And and you're going to have to put in the time, a lot of time. Yeah. What we're talking about here is the literacy to build on your financial wealth. How do you even get the concept of having the discussion around the family table of investing or saving? A lot of us like to save. We will save. We don't want to be in debt. But the other conversation is how do we build our wealth? How do we close the gap in financial equity and disparity, right? Are we having those discussions? And if we're not, why? Why do you think? We're definitely not having those discussions. So what qualifies me to even do what I do today, right? So after college, I ended up working for Reuters. Uh And so I was on the commodities news desk. Uh And after that, I learned a little bit more about commodities pricing. And I was more on the 
the USDA prices with like barrels and gilts. And, and that was just like a different kind of an animal. That was not even like me actually doing any kind of investment work. I was there for less than two years and then ended up moving over to Chase. Uh-huh. Where there, I actually started working as a, in the corporate economics group and was helping the chief economic economist provide economic commentary to the global clients. So that was a little bit more about like, okay, macroeconomics, understanding, you know, how people behave around that. And I got to learn a little bit more about that. And I thought, well, I don't want to become an economist, right? Uh And I did that for about 10 years between Chase and another smaller financial firm here in Chicago. Uh And so after that, I just realized, you know what, you're still young at that point and you're like, okay, I think I know where I want to hang up my hat. Uh And if I know this kind of information, if I know a little bit about how people behave during economic downturns and and what their fears are, I started thinking about like, I want to go into investments Uh because I think that that's something where I can go into the smaller firm in Chicago and really put a flag in the investment advisory department Uh and start co-heading a practice. And I did that alongside somebody that had helped recruit from Merrill Lynch. And so at that point, we started to co-head this advisory practice where we decided that not only were we going to be servicing Main Street, but we were going to specialize in servicing the Latino community and specifically nonprofit organizations for-profit organizations, and they they came in everything from like charter schools to hospitals to construction companies, you name it. It was their healthcare, all of that. So we started to help the C-suite at those entities all the way from the board Uh to the CFO within the organization and help them better manage the retirement plan that they were offering to their employees. And again, advising them on by that point, you have a process, right? You have a process that you go through every quarter, you look at investments, and you decide what to put on the watch list because it's just not meeting the criteria that it's supposed to be meeting at the appropriate time. More importantly was now you set it up, you know, now you go meet with the employees and you tell them about how this works. And you're educating them on the 401k or 403b plan that the employer is offering. So they have all these questions, yes. But the number one question is, how much can I afford? Should I be putting into the retirement plan? Uh For a lot of families, like, ah, yes, that was a legal budget. But you know what? The budget is important. Uh El presupuesto es muy importante. Uh If you don't have the starting point and the budget is the starting point, it's going to actually tell you how you should be spending the money. And I'm going to say should be, not how you should always spend it. Because everybody's economic situation is different. So again, there is a starting point, right? So you have to understand that it's not just about you making the money and getting a paycheck every two weeks or whenever it is you're getting, and then immediately turning around and spending it Uh and then waiting for the next check. Unfortunately, a lot of us in America... Uh If you're not paying attention to the way you're spending the money, then you're not going to be making the wisest decisions, right? Right. You have to also save for like an emergency fund, right? right? So when you think about what just happened, for example, with this COVID situation. Yes. And how many people were so ill-prepared. Right. Oh, yeah. That is a very good example because 
this should definitely flag for everybody to say, how are we going to prepare for the next one or another crisis like this? Because it will happen again, right? There is a ripple effect that's happening. But we do have to kind of plug in sometimes to see what's happening globally and then nationally. And then how is that affecting us? You know, how does this affect right now my retirement? And I think I even shared with you when I first got into the job market and just bringing it back to full circle about what you said, how much money do I put in and being offered a 401k? And I'm not going to talk about, you know, when that was, but I said to you, I'm like a 401k, like, what is that? Like, I know it's a retirement savings, but but what does it mean exactly? Like, no one sat down with me and said, oh, you know, here's a portfolio for you to invest in and stock. And someone said, just buy the stock and just, you know, add that in. And I'm like, okay, like how much? I don't know. And I was just winging it, right? Nobody in my family knew about this stuff. Nobody. And I'm a third generation, you know, Mexican-American And this was through education, me finishing school, getting in a good job and making connections and getting to where I saw financial, I want to say opportunity. That's what I did. And when these things were presented to me, I was like, what? So I want to talk, you know, you go into companies and then you saw this opportunity, right? To say, hey, the community really needs to be educated around investment opportunities or what does it look like? What does it mean for a family to invest in their future? Correct? Right. And I think like the biggest thing is that I just want people to know we help out PhDs Mm -hmm. and because they they do what they do best. And this is just not something that they do. Mm -hmm. So what I what we're doing is we're taking the time to really think about I can help you with investments. That's great. But you know what the biggest problem is? getting to the point that I can even help you out. Uh Because it really just starts where, again, square one. Uh Understanding the money that's coming in and the way that it's going out, doing that expenditure. So you need to make sure that you get to understand that it's not, oh, I completed it. No, no, no. Sit down. It's a sit and think opportunity. Uh Because I really want people to look at this like, that's right. Here's the money that I'm making. Here's what you know, my budget should be. And according to this budget, I should be saving this amount of money based on my annual income into my 401k or maybe your IRA, whatever it is you have, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's all these kinds of things. Some people are working somewhere and there's not like a retirement plan. That doesn't mean that, oh, well, I guess I tried and I guess I'm just going to spend that money. No, then you open up an IRA account. Now, if you have small business and it's just you, maybe a SEP IRA would work for you. Uh-huh. There's all these ways that you can still save for the future in addition to your emergency fund, which should be anywhere three to six months worth of expenses, uh-huh. right? Monthly expenses. That's your emergency fund. Uh-huh. And not just where there's COVID, but something personally happens to you in terms of like, I don't know, when you get into an accident or or maybe whoever is living with you, uh, who's also helping you pay for stuff, something happens, they lose their job, and you got to step up. Right. Right? Yeah. So that's a very thing. Let's just start you off with that, and then we'll start talking about investments. I just need people to do that first homework. Mm-hmm. You start with that homework, you're already on your way. You're already on your way, because there's going to be like, like you're going to be checking yourself. Yeah. Even if you don't like look at it every single day, you'll be like, ah, I say that, that it's a piece of or that budget. I, I got to remember, right? Yeah. 
but you're holding yourself accountable. At least you're thinking about it now. You're thinking about it. Right. So we decided that knowing all of this and where people need to be sort of like helped out. If I tell somebody, go put a budget together, even that's a headache. Uh-huh. Like, well, where do I even start? Right? Uh-huh. Right? Adelante empiezo. Como empiezo? So we decided with Sheenix, uh-huh. right? It is a educational fintech app, uh-huh. right? The bigger conversation that you're saying, like the conversations that we're not having, uh-huh. those are the other conversations that we are having at Sheenix. Uh-huh. And we'll be having those conversations every three months on a virtual level. So anybody, I know this is for Latinas, but honestly, it's for Latinas, their family, their loved ones, el que quiera, la que quiera, como quiera. You know what I mean? Like we'll say, everybody's invited. The majority of it will be in English. You'll get some Spanish. So you want to brush up on your Spanish, come on in, Uh right? A lot of these virtual events, really what they are is the opportunity to hear from even a young Latina, a young Latina that is just graduating from college and says, well, I'm going into the workforce. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. All right. Come on out. Let's ask those questions because we want to make sure we nip this in the bun in terms of like not getting the equal pay. We want to make sure that they're getting the opportunity that they're looking for, that they're getting the support that they need when we have the platform that helps them with that as well. Uh The Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement is uh, the platform that is actually helping out Sheenix to give back the appropriate information on the career development, new opportunities, negotiating salary to these young Latinas. But they need to obviously register. And again, ASSET will know about what they need and will also circle back around and reach out to them. So this is for a young Latina. This is for any Latina, really, Uh that's going to go in to the workforce. I want them to go back in not in the same situation that we were before the pandemic. I want Latinas to go back, giving themselves a real shot at making equal pay. And that's why Sheenix is important because we will help to determine whether or not you're getting the right pay for that job in your city. Mm, That's awesome. And then we're going to help you set up the opportunity so that you don't just go in there for that one position, but you also, from day one, you're already working towards getting promoted. You shouldn't be in that same job unless you want to, because you love the job, but you shouldn't be in that same job for three years. You should be getting promoted like Kim is, like Rafael is, as a Latina. Mm -hmm. You should be getting promoted, the same promotions, and you need to know how to position yourself for that as well. And as you promote yourself, right, as you go through those promotions, their career growth, and even uh, other development, you need to prime yourself. But the same thing is, again, What's happening to that money that you are bringing in? How is it being spent? And on what? You need to understand what you're spending your money on. Mm-hmm. So people have nothing to show for themselves, even though they make some really good money. Latinos make some good money. It's the truth. Right. And what happens to it? Outside the Latino community, you know, I'm like, really? Well, they're making you rich. Look at what their expenditure is here mm-hmm. in the United States. Right. If the U.S. Latinos got together here in the U.S. and we put our own country together, we'd be the fifth largest country in the world. Right. Just by means of what we spend. So, no, there is a lot of dinero in the Latino community. You better believe it. No, I absolutely do. And this is part of the conversations that I want to start having with a lot of women like yourself, where you come from the financial sector 
you're bringing uh, financial literacy to a lot of us and understanding the budget. And also, I think it's very important when you do start to enter the workforce, how you start to see the long game in negotiating your future or your employment trajectory, like where is it you want to go and how do you start asking for that money? A lot of that is coaching. A lot of us get sidelined because we're not keeping our eye or understanding how to ask for those next leadership position, how we're trying to promote ourselves within the organization. And we need sponsorships, right, inside the organization. How do you do that, right? We've talked to a few Latinas on here that have talked about, you know, finding that sponsor, someone that will support you in those arenas to help you get there. And a lot of that comes from confidence that we can do the job. Like, what are the conversations I need to have within my employer, my manager, my director, my peers? How do I get there, right? This all relates to money because what we're talking about at the end of the day is closing the wealth gap. You were talking about Latina pay equity. We're talking about how we as Latinas spend more in the household, I think, than any other demographic. One last thing here. You were also part of the Forbes Council. Is that correct? Because I want people to understand not only do you have the solid background in financial education and providing the Sheenix platform, but also you're a contributor to Forbes on a lot of this information, correct, to the community. So I am part of the Forbes Business Council mm-hmm. and I was actually honored by being the first Latina to be named the chair of the financial group for the Forbes Business Council. That's huge. Yeah, that was that was huge. I did that for about like close to like a year and a half, close to two years. And so what I was doing is I was trying to, within the membership, I was actually bringing in conversations around diversity and inclusion, equity and inclusion type of conversations mm-hmm. and having that because within the financial industry, it's a very much white man's, you know, space. Yes, it, that, that's what it is. Yes. A white man's space. You can say and, and so <laughs> and and so and so when when you see that and when you've been part of that, these opportunities of leadership, right? Especially when you were going to be putting the agenda together, this is where you need to step up. And you need to be able to sometimes bring these these missing voices or the missing voice and a few voices, okay. right, into the space, into these conversations, right? And be able to have sometimes be able to share with people like, look, these are the needs, right? And I've been a staunch advocate. I've gone to New York to have these conversations too uh-huh. on at Wall Street summits and for all these organizations, the New York Alliance, uh, talking about how. Latinos at that point, right? I was talking about Latinos and also named, talked about a little bit the Latina equal pay day at that point mm-hmm. about how we are so discounted workers, yes. right? Like in terms of like salary. Yes. And when now you're asking us to put monies into these investments that are replete, like with commissions mm-hmm. and the investments are not even like in, in terms of a portfolio, they're not even being monitored the way they should be. Right. And you cannot add insult to injury. Right. Because you already have somebody that is working super hard just to make that contribution into their portfolios. And then if somebody's not mining that portfolio, mm-hmm. that can wreak havoc. That could destroy. It has destroyed mm-hmm. people's lives. Yeah. 
So you need to take accountability. I've always talked about how the industry needs to take more accountability, especially when they're dealing with these kinds of portfolios, right, that affect everyday people. And also being able to bring in more women into the financial industry, more women of color, Mm -hmm. being able to bring in even like some of our young Latinas, young Latinos, Mm -hmm. young Black men and women to, to be able to really start mentoring them. So right now, that's sort of been sort of like more of the conversation than also sometimes I'm having that conversation with some white men that sometimes are not um, in agreement because they're looking at the bottom line, which is also understandable. I get that. But the truth of the matter is we have to strike for a balance. Yeah. A good balance. Yeah. And, you know, even if somebody doesn't agree with me, with my rhetoric, with what I believe is true. Mm -hmm. I still respect them because I know that they're coming from a space of knowing something else or or just the background. But I, my voice is equally important in my view and my opinion as that individual's and nothing less. Right. And I believe that way. So I was very happy that I got that platform and I made it count. Uh-huh. And I'm very proud of that. And it was one of the best experiences, even though some of my viewpoints were probably not as popular. Right. But guess what? Their viewpoints for who were not as popular with me either. Right. So, but again, right. we're equally not as popular with one another, but it's okay. Right. I, the whole thing is to be, being able to have those conversations. And so I did want to also state that, you know, one of the biggest things that, had ha- that has happened in my career most recently was I became also the first Latina to lead the Northeastern Illinois Foundations Board. Awesome. Uh, I'm now the president of the board, and this is in the university's. 54 year history. So it is something, again, this is the kind of stuff that we do, right? So from Little Village, having had that experience with my mother to understand that something was wrong, to educating yourself as a professional, to trying to be innovative. And also as you innovate, not to forget that the problems that I saw when my mom, when she was at the store, that those are still problems that we have right now. And you might be might be an immigrant, first generation, second generation, third, fourth, fifth generation. You're still having that problem. You might have a pitching. You're still, and you have a problem, right? Right. And with this, it's an ongoing problem. And I believe that Shenix is going to change the trajectory for a lot of Latinas across the nation. So I'm very proud to be rolling this out, and it's been a real pleasure, and it's been my honor mm-hmm. and privilege to do this, even though this is actually all coming self-funding. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head is that when we know there's a community champion like you and and myself, and there's an opportunity to create a platform, I like to say sometimes money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does provide a lot of opportunity. And so when you have the means, like you and I, we're creating platforms to give these opportunities to educate, to share the voice and the platform. And I really love that because I was in a male-dominated space, too. Lots of white men. They don't like it when Latinas are asking the the questions and holding them accountable. But let me tell you something. I'm here for a reason. And let's just share the conversation and just open your mind to understanding what we bring to the table. They don't want to hear it. You go build it yourself. And that's exactly what we're doing. I see so many other Latinas doing that right now. And it is a powerful moment not only a moment, it's a movement. Seriously. It's a movement. It's a movement. And all of this at the end of the day, and ultimately what it all leads to is 
everyone has the right to build their financial legacy. Yes. Absolutely. And you can only do that if you are having these conversations. Again, they're not at the headline level. Uh-huh. Estamos escarvando and we're getting to the roots. And that's what we're doing that through Sheenix. We're having those very meaningful conversations, candid conversations about what it's going to take and what are some of the, unfortunately, some of the landmines, right, uh-huh. that you need to avoid to be able to do that. So anyway, I hope that Sheenix helps more Latinas across the nation their loved ones, their familia, their amigos, and anybody else that needs it. Yeah, I do too. I see it definitely working. We just have to get the word out more. And I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today from Latinas, from the block to the boardroom, because you really are bringing that message home, being in the boardroom, and then also from your humble beginnings with your mom in the bridal shop. So I hope this story inspires a lot of women out there to understand that the networks we can build together and educating each other is really important to really, you know, see the future legacies that we can build as a community. So thank you so much, Olga, for joining me today on Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. And how can we find you? Yes. Uh, so you can start by going on to Sheenix. So Sheenix, S-H-E, like she, but it's S-H-E-N-I-X dot A-P-P. You'll get to see also some of my co-founders that are on there too, Patricia Mota, who is the CEO of the Hispanic Alliance for Current Enhancement. And also my, I guess at this point, like more than, I think it's close to 20 years of my business partner, Juan Carlos Avila, who also has the financial background and that, you know, we spoke about a lot of the stuff that I do, I do with him. Mm -hmm. And so learn more about us and then you'll get to also meet some of our advisory council because it takes Latinas to give us the feedback to be able to make Sheenix a better and better enhances every single day. You'll continuously see different things going on on that website because we are listening, uh-huh. right? We are listening. And to be able to get the right information on there, we need this council. So you'll get to read about them, get to see their beautiful faces and anything else on there. It's like you guys can always reach out. There's a contact us and we do get back to people. So ahí estamos. Thank you so much, Olga. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Olga, for joining me today on Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. To find out more about the Sheenix app, you can go to Sheenix app, and that's S-H-E-N-I-X dot app to find the resources on budgeting and how to start your financial mindset around retirement planning. You can also follow them on Instagram at Sheenix, that's S-H-E-N-I-X underscore app, A-P-P, and LinkedIn. Gracias, amigas. This podcast was produced by Teresa E. Gonzalez of 5E Leadership and Marketing and sound engineered by Robert Lopez. Please stay in the conversation with us at Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom by following us on Instagram. That's Latinas B2B. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn at Teresa Latinas B2B. Also, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. We are trying to get more recognition of Latina voices here in the podcasting realm. So your review is really important to us. Gracias, mi gente.